Gossip listeners, this is your host, Nathan Beatley, with your two co-hosts, Jared and Kyle Hesketh. Introduce yourself, guys. What's up? How's it going, everybody? All right, they're both contributors for King James Gospel, and we're here on our fourth episode. We got a lot to talk about, but first of all, we're going to go ahead and recap the last games that uh, went down this week. We had a 14-point loss to Boston. A couple notes here, uh, scored 88 points, shot under 40%. Played at TD Garden, didn't really look like we had any energy. What'd you guys think? Just that we didn't have any energy. We didn't have any energy against the ne- the Timberwolves game either. Hey, let's stick to one at a time, Jared. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not happy with the Cavs right now. Go ahead. You can take it over. I'm fine. That's all you had to say. That's all I had to say. I'm just not happy. Well, no, no, I I agree with you, Nathan and Jared. No energy, lackluster defense. It literally looked like we were just tossing up shots. And I feel like oh, the Cavs. Uh, uh, and Terry Rozier put up like 25 points, and he's never done that in his life. Yeah. Kyle? What's up? What was uh, Kevin Love's stats? <clears throat> you want his stat? All right. He was uh... Yeah. Kyle, tell us a stat line because you love Love. He was uh, 1 for 11, 0 for 4 from 3. Wait, hold, hold. What game was this? What game was this? This is Boston. Oh, okay. Okay. One for eleven. Zero for four from three. We had five boards, one assist, one steal. Wait, wait, wait. Ten points. What's up? He had he had two assists. He had two assists. Oh my bad. Two assists. I was I was looking at Jr. shit stats. Uh, two Two assists. (laughs) Uh, two (laughs) points. So no, we just we looked all bad, bro. Everything looked bad. Everything looked terrible in the Boston game. Honestly, we're just going to go ahead and leave that Boston game behind us for now. And uh, let's move on to Orlando. (laughs) We were up 20-some for a ton of that game and won by four. Stats were even. Uh, I didn't even watch that game, if I'm honest. I forget what I was doing. We got the dub. It was a great game. against Orlando. It was a great game. It was not not a great game. Well, wonderful game. We were up 107 to 87 going in the fourth, and then they decided to pull a 40-point quarter out of nowhere. No, and let's think- let's be real here. The Cavs have to stop playing excusive. Ex- excusive. They didn't pull a 40-point quarter. We let a crappy Orlando team put 40 on us. Okay, yeah, that is that is true. Um, Kevin Love did good that game, Kyle. One All right, can we just get off of Kevin Love for now? <laughs> I think, in, I, was, I think, go ahead. It was, I mean, until the fourth quarter happened, we were playing good basketball. And then the fourth quarter happened, and it looked like the old Cavs again. So, right when everything looks to be going up, and it dips back down. So, it, it seems like it's a constant um, thing with the Cavs. Yep, that's about right. And then the third game of the week, we got absolutely torn apart, shredded, and crushed by Minnesota. (laughs) LeBron James had his lowest point total. Check this out. Lowest point total of any game since his second return to Cleveland. The bench was outscored by 43 points 
the bench outscored the starters by 43 points, and the Cavs allowed Minnesota to shoot 52% from the field. That's all awful. What are your guys' takes? Because I was, uh, when it was 20 to 4, I honestly knew this was going to happen, though. <laughs> when it was 23 to 9, I was like, well. Well, this is not going to go over well, and I know that because Jimmy Butler's tearing up LeBron. Yes, LeBron. Okay, I said this in our group chat. LeBron was making me the most mad out of anybody. Even Kevin Love, who put up three points and two boards. Right, Kyle? Right. Anyways. Um, <laughs> LeBron did not – it didn't even look like he tried. And I, like – and I give I don't even I'm not even mad that Isaiah Thomas clocked Andrew Wiggins because he actually showed some emotion. Most of our players were just going through the motions, just walking around and I, I don't know. And just like, taking shots off. just to shoot shots, not actually I, shooting them with some conviction. If I'm gonna be honest, I turned it off after the third. I turned it off at the half. Yeah. As yeah. soon as I saw I I was I was look, watching the game, and I saw that Kevin Love and IT were both shooting bad. I saw LeBron didn't take a shot until three quarters through the first quarter, and I was like, well, they just don't care right now. And no, it literally don't. showed. It literally showed that they just Honestly, did not though, care about playing. The real question here is what was more exciting, the Cavs game for a Cavs fan or the start of the college football playoffs? I I watched the football playoffs. I watched the national championship. Uh, I mean, the national championship turned out to be one of the greatest football games I've ever seen because right. Tua was just amazing. You're, you're uh, right. The start of that game wasn't it wasn't very fun. The start, the first, the first half, it was probably like thirteen to six at half, and I was just like, "This is this is boring." I just want to say this: uh, Georgia teams love to blow leads. They uh, really where do. Where do you live, Kyle? Where do I, li- you live? I live in Georgia. And everybody, everybody listening, whether you're listening, probably you're a Cavs fan, I would assume. So you're listening, and you're probably from Ohio, right? My girlfriend is a massive Georgia fan. She loves the Falcons, Braves, and University of Georgia. Falcons Hawks. just blew that lead. No, she didn't like the Hawks anymore because Kyle Corver left and came to the Cavs. So she, she was watching the Falcons game, was talking mad shit about how the, the Patriots were going to lose. Come back. Talking mad shit during the Georgia game. Come back. It's beautiful. <laughs> well, no, no, Kyle. She's, uh, she's on the fence with those two teams, but you're right. Anyways, get back to the Cavs. Kyle, I realize Kevin Love did not play good. However, J.R. Smith, my favorite shooting guard, also did not play good. And I say my favorite shooting guard very sarcastically because he's been very frustrating this season. Do you want he, to- had, he had two points against Minnesota. And one rebound. Do you want to hear his net rating? Do I? Yeah. I'm guessing like minus 40. No, <laughs> minus 107. Oh, my his God. His offensive rating was 33. His defensive rating was uh, 140. That's um, that's not good. No. no it's not good. No. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, since uh, since we obviously J.R. Smith sucked, the Cavs went one and two this past week. I'm pretty confident they're seeing third in the East. And yeah. uh, and we've already trashed Kevin Love a bit, so we might as well talk about Love some more. And Kevin Love is going to be our first hot take. And our idea from this came from our my co-editor, his name's Quentin Alberti. He uh he wrote on if Kevin Love is the answer in the front court, and he confidently said that Kevin Love is not the answer because he cannot play in the pick and roll defense. And Kyle is a strong 
Kevin Love supporter. And he's got some things to say. We all have some things to say about Kevin Love's value and whether or not the Cavs can win another championship without Kyrie and with Kevin Love. Personally, if I want to go first on this, I say offensively he's the answer, but defensively he's not. But defensively, we're not going to get a front court big that can really guard someone unless you go get DeAndre Jordan. And even DeAndre Jordan's not even great laterally. So it's hard to really ask for that. So I feel like what we were kind of talking about before the show is you have to mix up your defensive schemes and you have to get a bit more intricate on how to defend the pick and roll. If you're Lou, you can't just switch love because love can't guard Steph or love can't guard Kyle Lowry or John wall, but you can't expect him to what other center besides Draymond green and their death lineup can guard the East or the West's best point guard. You know, you can't expect that. So I feel like it's more on the coaching than necessarily love as a player. But what do you guys think? I I 100% agree with you. Um, I've had – I've been thinking about this. When you mentioned the Warriors' death lineup, they go to Steph, Clay, Kevin Durant, Draymond, and then Iguodala at center or Draymond at center, right? Why can't we do that, put LeBron at the center? And it could be something like D. Wade, um, Jeff Green, Jay Crowder, LeBron, you know, a mix of those players. And why can't we have – because Jeff Green, I'd say, is our best defender. Would I be wrong? Jeff Green is probably one of our best players. Right. Give me him over, like, the majority of the starters. So I think we need – so, hold on. First of all, the question is, is Kevin Love the answer in the front court? Offensively, yes. He can dominate centers with his spacing. Defensively, absolutely not. But I I don't think we need to trade to answer. I mean, we might, but if we if the coaching staff can figure out how to stagger lineups correctly, and because we have versatile players, like this offseason was mainly to become more versatile, you know? We have Jeff Green, we have Jay Crowder. J.R. Smith, sometimes when he's locked in, Iman Shumpert's on his way back. We have a a lineup, a a multitude of players who can play many positions. And I've just been been shocked that Tyron Lue hasn't put out a lineup like solely for defense. And even like Jeff Green at the five could could at least think about working. Exactly. I mean, you really have to stress, if you're Lue, you really have to stress rebounding. But it can happen. It can. And LeBron can be at the five. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of combinations the coaching staff could um could figure out, but it just seems like they don't really know how to use the players. Like that's what it honestly looks like. They don't know they don't know how to use the players. And Kyle, since you love love, what is your take on this? I am not going to sit here and say Kevin Love is a great defender. Nobody should. Nobody ever will. However, <laughs> however, there are, there are ways to surround bad defensive players with good defensive players and make it work. And you know well, the number one way to do that is don't give them the worst defensive point guard in the league. That's one way, yeah, probably. <laughs> that's why I would have loved that Eric Bledsoe-Paul George trade, but, you know, didn't happen, oh, so we can't talk about it. But you look at what the Spurs did 
Okay, LaMarcus Aldridge is not an elite uh, defensive player at the four or at the five. They surround him with people like Patty Mills, Monte Ginobili, Tony Parker, Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green. You have players that can play two ways, uh, offensively and defensively. The Cavs should have players like that. LeBron should be able to play D. Jay Crowder should be able to play D. And J.R. Smith should be able to play D. However, none of them are playing D. So what that does is that amplifies Kevin Love's mistakes. So uh, I don't think trading Kevin Love is the answer. I don't think no him being I don't think him being at the center is a problem. Uh, what you guys said about with uh, changing lineups and being more creative with lineups is exactly what we need to do. Uh, I do think Jared, you wrote an article about uh, the trades that we should make to yeah. uh, get a better shooting guard. If you guys haven't read that, take a look at it. It's phenomenal there's some trades that you wouldn't even think of that completely blew me away and i was like wow that would be great like for instance uh kent bazemore if we could get kent bazemore along with lebron and kevin love and jay crowder i mean that's a pretty good defensive team because jay crowder should step it up lebron will step it up in the playoffs it struggles kevin love struggles you still have three players right there that can uh be defensively be good defensively so Again, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going back to if you surround players like bad defensive players or okay defensive players with better defensive players, it can hide those weaknesses. And uh, I keep going back to this. I I hate Tyron Lue's rotations. I hate a lot of things that Tyron Lue does, but I'm gonna stick with just defensively right now. You in today's game with how many elite guards there are in the league, starting and backups. I mean, you got people like Ish Smith. Patty Mills backing up, uh, Tony Parker, uh, Sean Livingston backing up, Steph Curry. I mean, I can go on and on. Um, you should be able to have players that can surround those guys and help them defensively because there's no way you're going to be able to stop elite guards and now there's even a, elite forwards in the pick and roll. It's just not going to happen right. with blitzing it. Right, right. But the thing is, my biggest problem with the Cavs is – for instance, when you watch Steph Curry play, obviously he's not a good defender, but he you can tell there's effort. He he tries to be a good defender. When you watch the Cavs, nobody is trying to stop the person in front of them. There's, he's not necessarily a bad defender though. I think he's an underrated defender. Right, but like you can see him trying. You know what I mean? Like he his effort is obvious. There's no one on the Cavs. No effort is obvious when you watch well, the Cavs. Well, I, th- I think there's a good parallel to that, and that's Kyle Korver. He's not, he doesn't have the athleticism okay. to be a good okay. defender, but he tries. You're right. So th- those are two really good parallels. That, that would be our only exception. Jeff, I mean, when, when, like obviously LeBron can play defense. Jay Crowder can play defense. Jeff Green can. JR can. It's all they're they're in they're consistently inconsistent with playing defense with trying to play defense. Kyle Korver that's one of the only players on the Cavs. He's not close to our best defender, but he's he's the only consistent player that actually puts effort out to play defense. And to add to that, I'm not going to throw too much shade at Isaiah Thomas yet, but the starting lineup for the 3 games that he's been in the game are a minus 25.6 net rating, 115 defensive, 90 offensive. 
And compare that to when Calderon was in the lineup. You're talking drastic difference. 6.6 positive net rating. So it's a whole different ball game. It's just a different dynamic. And I think Calderon's ability to play defense and help defensively and already have all the schemes together helps love. And I feel like when you get a point guard and when you get a front court or a back court that helps the front court, it makes a big difference in how you perceive the front court. Exactly. Right, but they, they have to get used to him in the lineup, so I'm not completely worried about that. But that was an interesting stat, to be honest with you. Yeah, I kind of killed that. So, uh, Kevin Love, if he's overrated or not, you let us. You be the judge and let us know. But our no. next hot topic is what everybody's dying to hear about, and it's trade options for Cleveland. You got wings, like uh, like Jared said in his article. You got Kent Bazemore, Wesley Matthews, Courtney Lee. You got bigs like DeAndre Jordan. If you even want to throw in, like, Gobert, Mirtix on the trade block, Favors. There's an array of possibilities. But personally, I don't like any of them, and I want to keep the team how it is unless we can get Kent Bazemore or a Kent Bazemore-type player. How do you guys feel about Jordan... Paul George, anybody like that? All right. Well, I don't think I don't think Paul George is going to be traded, and there's been reports that the Thunder aren't even like picking or even Marcus All. Put in Marcus All okay. in there. All right. So, okay. So, what are realistic trade options for Cleveland? Um, so, in my article, I I had top the top five wings the Cavaliers should trade for. It was Ken Bazemore, Evan Fournier, Tyreek Evans, Wesley Matthews, and Courtney Lee. Out of those five players, I think one player that is very realistic is Tyreek Evans. He is on the trade block, and um, Memphis doesn't want a lot for him. They're asking price as a first-round pick. We have a first-round pick. I mean, that's a lot. In a deep draft? He's he's averaging 20 points. He's having having one of... Argue Unlike the worst team in the sprint. West, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's if you watch him, he's playing awesome. And but, oh no, hold on, hold on, one more. Um, the reason I say Tariq Evans is because of the team he is on. He is on the Memphis Grizzlies, and who do they have at the power forward position? Who is a great defender? J. Michael Green. If we could somehow incorporate him into that trade, that's not happening. I'm just saying, if we can somehow incorporate him in that trade with Evans, that would be that would be huge. Um, also, one more, another person I would love to have other than DeAndre, because he would help with the rim protecting. This is another guy who whose name hasn't been thrown around a lot, and I don't even, you know, up for trade on the trade block. He he destroyed us for a couple games in the playoffs in the. 2016 season, I think. He plays for the Orlando Magic. Bismack Biombo. He's 16th in the NBA in blocks. He's averaging um, 1.2 a game. I mean, his sat. I mean, his. I think he has a big contract. I'm not sure. His his contract is a bit much. He got paid after that. Um, those that postseason run, but he's. He is a very underrated center in the sense that he has a nose for the basketball, like shot blocking. He, like Tristan Thompson and Bismack Biombo, I would go, I'd go 
Biombo any day, and I'm sure you guys agree. Like, have you guys thought about Biombo at all? Not until you um, just said it, no. <laughs> yeah, not at all. I mean, he's averaging four points, five boards. Oh, it's nothing against Biombo. I just didn't think no. about it. And I mean, what do you guys think, though? I want to hear your insight on that. I don't think we need – I think we're kind of screwed already. I don't think we really need a trade. I think if we trade, it's – we have to either – it sounds bad, but we either have to trade Love or Thomas. And really? this goes this goes to my thing. This is what I'm saying. You got to think about how how Boston shaped their team last year around Isaiah Thomas. They put Avery Bradley on the court. They put Jay Crowder, Al Horford, Jalen Brown. They put amazing defenders. So if we're going to play with Isaiah Thomas and Kevin Love on the court, that we're not we're going to give up 130 points in the finals every game. And so my thing is, if we if we make a trade, we need to make a trade to get a two way player to get somebody that'll. That's why that's why I want Paul George. Like if I had to get anybody right now, a single person, that's realistic, it would probably be Wesley Matthews. Yeah, Matthews would be nice. Or just somebody that could help us defend. Like I like Biombo, but I don't necessarily think that if I were to trade somebody, it would be for Biombo just because I don't think a rim protector helps. All right. Well, that was just in the rim protecting sense. Um, I have another one um, that I did. I don't know why I didn't put him in my article. I feel kind of stupid, but Danny Green from the Spurs. I'm just not sure the Spurs are willing to give anything. Yeah, I'm I not don't... sure they're willing to part with anybody on their team just because it's Pop and they're like a dynasty. And Pop's, Pop likes his veteran players that can still play. Which is why Manu and Tony are still there. Cause they can Which is why Manu should have retired five years ago, but hasn't. Exactly. Because, I mean, he so, should have retired, but he can still play, man. He still looks good. All right, so what is, Nathan, I'll go to you. What is the most realistic trade option you think the Cavs can do? The most realistic trade option that would help, in my opinion. Oh, because because um, Adrian Wojnarowski was just on SportsCenter, and he said that, the Cavs are going to be aggressive in the trade market and up until the trade deadline, and they are willing to um, part with their first-round pick, just not the Brooklyn pick. So, I mean, um, I, I think there will be a trade, but, I, yeah, what is what do you think? Um, Let me look up one thing real quick. I'm thinking, though, if it's up to me, I'm trading for Avery Bradley. He's on an $8 million contract. He's playing with the Pistons. And it goes back to how you want to play around Isaiah Thomas. I don't think they'll trade Isaiah Thomas. I don't think they'll trade Kevin Love. So they have to get that much better defensively on the wings. I honestly think I would like... Tabo Cephalosha or something or like a Roberson type player because we're we can easily put up 120 points a night even without having a scoring threat on the wing like we could scorch teams just by having Thomas and Love and James on the court why might as well have a defensive specialist I mean it's the same thing the Thunder do, do. you think so Andrew my thing is I, I want to trade for somebody that can guard Durant that can guard Curry so I feel like uh, Thabo would be terrific. I wish Tony Allen was still peak. Huh, I'd have loved to have him just because his grit. I would have loved to have Beverly. 
Yeah. That's too bad. So, so I think if, if I make a trade, it's for a really, really, really good wing defender. Okay. So maybe like Shumpert and Thompson for Matthews, but Matthews is just on such a bad contract for so long that I don't really like that either. Yeah, he's, he's also 31 years old. He is 31. He's the second oldest player on the – no, he's not. He's one of the oldest players on the Mavericks. He has the second biggest contract yeah, it's just all around ugly. So that's why I'm saying Avery Bradley, if it's for me, probably give up Shumpert and R first. I would do that. I feel like they'd want a little more because they like Stan. Is it Stan Van Gundy? Yeah, Stan Van Gundy. I mean, it's Avery Bradley. It's not I know, like. I know, but like he's one of those. He wants to. He's obsessed with like winning now. While that's not like the best. He's way. not winning till LeBron's not in the East. He's never right. winning. Detroit is not good. Right. Kyle, what do you think? The, the best, most realistic trade uh, Most realistic made. trade option. I keep going back to your article, and I think about Courtney Lee and Evan Fournier. Mm, I um, love Fournier. Yeah, and I love Courtney Lee, too. Those are both versatile guys. I think um, we need to stop thinking about front court because rim protection is not something that we need. A lot of the problems with the Cavs is perimeter defense. We're getting torched on threes. We're getting torched in transition. So getting another front court player like DeAndre Jordan, that's a slow man trying to get back. That's not going to matter. One of our problems is J.R. Smith, who can't hit shots and can't play defense at the same time. And Amon Shepard, as much as I love the way he was playing before he got hurt, he got hurt. So I think we're looking at trying to get a good two-way uh, two-guard that we can pair next to IT and next to Kevin Love. That's what I'm looking at. I, and it, I keep looking back, like, like I said, Jared, um, so Fournier and while I do like Evans, I don't I don't know if we can get him because he's he's playing amazingly this year. Uh, Courtney Lee's playing really good too, but he's also on a pretty bad Knicks team that's just basically Kristaps Porzingis. Well, they're not the the Knicks are they're in a weird spot in the NBA. I put this in my article as well. They're nineteen and twenty one last time I checked, and they're in the tenth seed, and they're a couple of games behind the eighth seed. So they're in like the purgatory of the NBA, you know what I mean? They're mm. not quite playoff contenders and they're not quite lottery teams. So they could look to trade away some pieces. I'm not really sure, but go ahead. Honestly, I'm also under the assumption that the Pistons are in the worst spot in the NBA too. What are they? What seed are they here? They're I'm like there. seven. Like unless you're a top three seed, unless your goal is just to make the playoffs every year, you're not doing well, they anything. Are. They are seventh, you're right. Yeah, you're not literally you're not going to do anything. You're not making any noise in the playoffs. I don't it's not like I hate the Pistons. It's the same thing with like it's the same deal with like the Hawks a couple years ago. They were always amazing, but they could never do anything. Mhm. And which also, is just like might as well rebuild. Might as well get that first round pick, get that Michael Porter Jr. and build around him cuz they don't have that. Drummond's not their guy, their long-term guy. Right. And I saw this I saw um, an article speaking on this. The Pistons are interested in Evan Fournier, but that that wouldn't make much sense knowing they have Avery Bradley as a shooting guard. So could Bradley be on the move? Like, I'm not. I'm. I don't. I don't know if Bradley will be on the move because they just traded away the Morris twin for him in the summer. Right. But why would they want Fournier? 
Didn't because uh, he could play small he forward. He's a pretty big two guard. Wasn't in Van Gundy's time, but didn't Van Gundy coach Magic? He yeah, coached yeah. the Magic. Yeah, mm-hmm. but with, was uh, that when he was with was Dwight Fournier Howard there, or was Fournier in Denver at that time? I don't know. Oh. Fournier was Fournier was drafted to the Nuggets, but I am not. I think this is his fifth year in the season, so. 2011, 2012s. He was in. I don't think Van Gundy was still at the match. No, because Dwight was. Dwight was in LA. Yeah. I think he. Yeah, I don't think he was. Yeah, never mind. It was a good idea though. <laughs> For what it's worth. But anyways, anyways, Kyle. I don't think. I think I cut you off. You said. You said Courtney Lee. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's just those two. Those two players I was talking about. I, I just I like them a lot, and going back to your article, like I just every time I kept looking at the next player, the next player, I was like, wow, these are really good trades. And reading about Kent Bazemore is another one. Like I just watch how he plays defense against LeBron in the playoffs, and he's a nitty gritty guy, and he can hit threes too. So I think we just need a player that doesn't need the ball like Jr. does. Like he, I feel like he needs to have the ball, and needs to feel important. While uh, like someone like Kent Bazemore doesn't need that, and he can spot up and hit threes. And he can actually hit open threes, consist- open threes consistently. It seems like Jr. needs to hit a three for his defense, like for him to actually try on defense, right? Right. Um, Kent Bazemore would be awesome. I I do love that trade. Also, I have one more question. This doesn't really go along with trades, but if what do you guys think? If Jr. continues to um, play poorly, when Shumper comes back, do you guys think? Lou should consider starting Shump. I think there's so much more that goes into that. Because Smith, I'm not trying to call Smith out or anything, but he seems almost like a prideful player. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to bench him without a stir happening. Right, but if he continues to play like this, I mean, it's 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 for the team's best interest, not just him. Well, the original thought uh, when um, for the 26, 20- I think it was 2016-2017 season. Or no, twenty yeah, 2016-2017 season when we had JR and Shump. Was Shump was initially going to start, and JR was going to come off the bench at the start of the season, and then Shump got hurt again. So I think their idea was to always start Shump, but we, he could just never stay healthy enough, and JR ended up playing really well that season anyways. So I think they, they should look into it because mm-hmm. uh, he's better defensively, in my opinion, and I think it looks like he put... He puts forth more effort than Jr. is. Even when Shump's not hitting shots, he still wants to play D. So that's something to look at. I think, I think they should take a look at. It. I'm not sure if they will because, like Nathan said, Jr. is a prideful player, and he obviously got his right. feelings hurt when when Dwayne Wade was starting over him. But we'll see. Yeah, that'd be that'd be uh, interesting. Yeah, all around that was a good little talk. And now for our uh, one would you rather question. It's actually kind of related to that. It's uh. It was kind of confusing worded when I first thought thought it up, but uh, would you rather have a DeAndre Jordan or Marcus All type player and give away the Brooklyn Nets pick, or have a or get a mediocre player? I say mediocre in a light sense of the word, like Tyreek Evans or Courtney Lee, and give away our first round pick. So, would you mm-hmm. rather just go all in or only go halfway in? Ah. Uh, uh. It's kind of difficult because I would personally go all in, but I would only go all in if I could 
make DeAndre Jordan resign with us if I could say we're only trading for you if you resign? If I if if I go all in with the Brooklyn Nets pick, I want either Paul George, DeMarcus Cousins, or DeAndre Jordan, but I want I want it yeah, I want a commitment from DeAndre and then possibly Lou Williams. Um but then I wouldn't be half mad with the mediocre player if the mediocre player is talent like the talent of Kent Bazemore or is Kent Bazemore. Uh, that's tough. I think I would have to go with getting the mediocre player because you don't have to, if they are a two-way player that's going to play defense at the, at the two-guard position or get another small forward and who can also play the two, like a bigger shooting guard, um, I think that's, that's better because they don't have to be implemented into the system as much as, say, like like you said, Marcus Hall or... Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, like you have to really implement them into um, the way you play because they need touches. So I think I don't think you'd see the same production with those bigger players. Uh, not every team can play like the Warriors and be as selfless as the Warriors. So I think it'd just be easier for the way that the Cavs play to get uh, a mediocre, I guess, mediocre player and uh, get rid of our pick because that Brooklyn pick is just, it's, it's like our fail-safe if LeBron decides to leave. I don't think he will, but. This is why I think DeAndre Jordan would be the perfect fit for the Cavs, because he's not, like you said, Kyle, he's not one of those players who needs touches to succeed. He's a rim protector. He leads the NBA in rebounds. And, you know, he's a pick-and-roll, alley-oop kind of guy. Um... At this point of the season, I think it's getting a little late to trade for a big star because because uh, you have to implement them, and we have to get IT back. Well, he is back, but we have to get him comfortable. Got to get Derrick Rose back. We got to see what the Shumpert situation is like. Um, so I think if I were to go all in, it would be DeAndre Jordan, but I don't even know if he's worth the pick. So... You're not wrong. Right. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, we didn't have any mailbag questions this week. I probably should advertise that a bit more all over our socials, but we're going to go ahead and jump into our 21 Shum Street picks of the week. We have two away games and a home game. We have Toronto on the 11th away, then immediately after away at Indiana, which will be a challenging game. And then we have home versus Golden State. And this could go a lot of different ways because those are two top Eastern teams and a top, the best team in the league. So uh, (laughs) how are you guys calling it? Are any of these back-to-backs? Back-to-back, 11-12, Toronto, Indiana, both away. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go ahead and start this off just because I've been doing really poorly on choosing. I think they said I was like two and – yeah, I'm going all losses, just whatever. (laughs) The thing with this, you could go 0 and 3. It could be a nice 3 and 0, 2 and 1, 1 and 2. It's so tough with the, how the Cavaliers are playing. They're so inconsistent and they're in a tough place right now. I will say, Toronto, I don't think Kyle Lowry's playing because I think he hurt his back or his tailbone. So I'll go a win in Toronto. Are we playing at Indiana? Yep. 
We're going to lose that game. <laughs> we, cannot, we cannot win in Indiana. So Aaron Collison Indiana. and Victor Oladipo are going to torch us again. Right. You know, the great one of my greatest sports memories is uh, I was at the game where the Cavs came back 26 or 27 points in the second half last year's playoffs. The playoffs, yeah. In Banker's life. So okay. we can win there. We just don't like to. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's, it's not. Especially in the regular not, season. Right. So when Toronto lost Indiana, uh, the Golden State game is tough. Uh, I'm, they're, I'm not they're, gonna get to they're it. They're injured, so. so they are. Yes, yeah, Steph. Steph just sprained his ankle again. You know what? Thank you, Kyle. I was gonna say. I was gonna say loss. I'm gonna say W. I'm sticking with losses. I'm not even gonna them. lie. I hate doing this because me and Jared are both stuck at three and five right now. But I think he's got it spot on. <laughs> Except the only problem is I'm. I may go. I may go loss, loss, win. I just, oh, yeah, I just, man, I just don't know because Toronto's nice this year and they're killing it. They have, yeah, they're one Yo. of those teams. When you play them at their home court, it's they're almost as hard to beat as Golden State at their home court. Demar Derozan's yeah. got a three-point shot. It's a miracle. Yes, he does. I don't even know what I want to say. I think just to not be like you, I'm gonna get. Oh, jeez, I think I'm gonna go win, win, win. Ooh, three and zero. Ooh. Wow. I'm going to end up just not picking ever again after this. Cavs <laughs> <laughs> are about to hit a hot streak. You're about to go 2-9. and nine. I don't even care anymore. As long as they win, I don't care. I, uh, yeah, I don't think we'll lose to Toronto. I don't, I don't think Kyle's playing. Larry, I don't think he's playing. Whoa, By the way, I, that's can I... That's a deal breaker. That is a deal breaker. I don't think Larry's looking playing. looking that up. He hurt his team. He's not. He's not playing. He's not playing. Oh. Yeah. JK. Kyle, you want to... I'm taking a dub on that one. Nope. L's across the board. All right, give me a dub. (laughs) Okay, I was about to say. So me and you are both going win-loss-loss. Yes. Uh, That works. I'm going to forget which one one I put. I wonder if I can... Okay, so we all all agree on a loss in Indiana, it seems like. Oh, yeah. 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 All right, guys, it was great having you this week. We'll be here same time, same place next week. Have a good one.